Hey guys, what's up? Here is my interview with Holly Earl. Holly Earl is the lead actor in the new film Sharkbait. When you hear the name Sharkbait, you're thinking this movie probably sucks. Because anything with shark in front of it, Sharknado, or even movies like Great White or The Requiem, I have I, I talked to people over the Cinematics Facebook group and they, they were mentioning it how they're they've been dis- disappointed by the recent spate of shark films. Now, shark bait, from the looks of it, it centers on a, a group of young folks, maybe in their early to mid-20s, or vacationing in Mexico. Actually, it wasn't shot in Mexico. Director James Nunn shot it in, in Malta. So they're vacationing, they go out in jet skis, the jet skis collide, they are out in the middle of the ocean, just with the jet skis, and by themselves in the middle of the sea. Sea, ocean, and I don't even know what the difference is. There's going to be a shark. They're going to be bait for the shark. Okay? So you're thinking this 87-minute narrative, why should you watch it? A couple reasons why, in my opinion. It's directed by James Nunn. James Nunn is the filmmaker behind the Scott Atkins flick, One Shot. When you think of One Shot, what are you thinking? Yeah, the movie, the premise of the of One Shot is the entire movie is one big shot. It's just one continuous shot with Scott Atkins, Ryan Phillippe, I believe. Who else is in it? Um, yeah, but those are the main actors, I believe. Ashley Green's in it. I'm going to look it up right now. But it's currently streaming on Hulu. I highly recommend One Shot, directed by James Dunn. Love, love, love that film. So when I saw that he was the director, the man behind the camera for... I'm looking at One Shot right now. I'm looking at who stars in it. Let me see. Yeah, Ashley Green. I was right. I was just... I should trust myself more. Anyways, um, yeah. Regarding Sharkbait. Yeah, when I realized he was the guy who's doing it, he's the director, I said, okay, well, I'm going to give Sharkbait a shot. I'm going to actually interview one of the actors involved, the aforementioned Holly Earl. I'm not going to like this movie, but I want to promote it anyway. Lo and behold, I saw the movie. At first, it starts off, and you see all these young people. They're frolicking. They're having a good time. There's a, a, a there's a uh, inhabitant in Mexico, and he has no legs, and he's warning the lead. He's warning Holly Earl's character. I believe her name is Nat in the film. And he warns her in Spanish, don't don't go out there. He lost these, his legs to a great white, and he doesn't want these young kids, these youngsters, to actually go out there in the middle of the ocean because bad things will happen. Obviously, you know, since this movie is shark bait, called shark bait, bad things do happen. What I loved about this movie, what I really enjoyed, is the way James Dunn executed the action in the film, the way he navigated the shark as a shark attacks the, well, the bait. The, AKA the people involved in this movie. Now, Holly Earl, it's a really, speaking of surprises, I was surprised, I surprisingly enjoyed Sharkbait, which by the way is now out in theaters May 13th and it's available on demand. I'll, I'll put an Amazon link if you want to rent or purchase Sharkbait. If you rent it and you, and, uh, and you really don't like it, hit me up and, and just email me or hit me up on Cinematics Facebook group. You can yell at me and abuse me and tell me that you, that I, I steered you down the wrong path. But you know what? This movie was a lot of fun for me. Okay. And I love James Dunn's work. Hopefully he, he tackles more interesting genre films. He did the shark stuff with shark bait. He did military thriller stuff with one shot. And I haven't seen his other films as of yet, but he is a very, talented, talented director, and love the fact that they actually shot, went out in Malta, I believe, probably during the middle of the pandemic, COVID-19, 
and they shot this film, I believe. Yeah, because this movie, yeah, yeah. So this was uh, during the period of lockdown. Very ambitious film for the budget, for the location with, with what Nunn tried to do out in the ocean. So based on that, I would recommend Sharkbait. I would also recommend you give a shot to this interview because Holly Earl, she has, a, there's a lot of depth to her. She is a lifelong cinephile. She's not just... She, I, I'm assuming she, yeah. One of the reasons why she wanted to be an actress was she saw the Tennessee Williams play turned into the Elia Kazan film, A Streetcar Named Desire, which stars Marlon Brando, Vivian Lee, I believe Kim Hunter is in it. Is it Kim Hunter or Kim Darby? I always forget. I believe it's Kim Hunter and also Carl Malden. She talks about A Streetcar Named Desire in our, I'm sorry for the typing. I'm actually typing Streetcar Named Desire right now. And yeah, so and she also talked about some like it hot, how she loves that movie, and other. Un, she enjoys the movie Chef, directed by John Favreau. Just a really interesting interview. Also, if you were a gamer, she also talks about this this title she worked on. I believe this title is available on PS4 and PC. It's called Erica, and she discusses working with this company in the UK. I believe they're based in the UK called FlavorWorks. And Erica seems like something I'd like to play. I'll actually fork over some cash and download it on my PS4 and play as Erica. Erica in the game is played by Holly Earl. So all of these things are covered in the in this audio interview with Holly Earl. Yeah, Eli Kazan directed A Streetcar Named Desire. Yes, it's not Kim Darby. It's Kim Hunter. I think Kim Darby starred in a movie with John Wayne. I forgot what that movie was, but yeah, Kim, yeah, great movie, A Streetcar Named Desire. We're not talking about Tennessee Williams. We're talking about Sharkbait and James Nunn and Holly Earl right now. We'd love to hear what you think of this interview. Really cool person. Also, some shopkeeping news regarding me and Anderson and cinematics and the Patreon. For next week's Patreon, we are covering the year 1985. I will be researching and watching, what was my pick? Runaway Train, the John Voight film, which I believe it also stars Rebecca De Mornay. And I hear this movie is really, I think Eric Roberts is in Runaway Train as well. I'm not going to look at IMDb and have you just uh, get annoyed with me typing. But Runaway Train from 1985, my buddy and my find your film and cinematics but fellow buddy, Bruce Porky, he has a poster of Runaway Train in his room at his domicile over in Alabama. So that movie means a lot to him. So hopefully Runaway Train works. Anderson, of all people, he picks for 1985, he picks the Stuart Gordon film Reanimator, a movie I've always loved since it came out back in, again, 85. So we'll be covering Reanimator for our Patreon and also Runaway Train. For That's for next week. I'll be seeing Anderson over at Cold Cockle Productions next Friday. Okay? Lastly, I saw, if you haven't seen my YouTube review of of Top Gun Maverick. I'm going to post that in the show notes. You don't even have to look at it. If you want to click in, click onto it, you can click onto it. But I, I just want to tell you Top Gun Maverick, when it comes out nationwide, May 27th is a must see. Even if you're not the biggest Tom Cruise fan, maybe you're hot and cold on Top Gun. Well, if you even kind of like Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick should be an upscale over it because there's, there's a lot of callbacks to the original and the action scenes are really amazing to watch just the fact that it's it's not a cgi driven movie movie that these are real planes up in the air and cruises flying them that's just blows me away and also miles teller's good jennifer connelly's good the story is well done val kilmer as ice ice or ice man i think it's ice man he's convincing as well with even though he 
can barely speak with the, what is it, the throat cancer he has. It, he's very, very good in that movie as well. Very touching with his uh, interplay with Tom Cruise in Top Gun Maverick. So look out for that on May 27th. Look out for a Cinematics Patreon. Also, you're going to get the entire interview with Holly Earl coming up right now. But if you want the full video interview with Holly, you can actually become a member of our Cinematics Patreon. I'm keeping that full video interview on for our Cinematics patrons, uh, for our patrons over there, and Patreon members. Okay, And then finally, I'm going to shut up. Here is Holly Earl, and there's going to be a whole bunch of links. Click on them or not, and I'm going to shut up right, right now. Here is the star of this episode, Holly Earl from the aforementioned Shark Bait. Take care, guys. Thanks again. Holly, I'm a huge fan of James Nunn because after I saw One Shot, I go, I have to see everything he does. Yeah. A, how much of a fan are you of James just after working with him because he's such a skilled genre filmmaker? Oh my God, James is amazing. Amazing. He's a visionary. I mean, he had such a clear vision for this film. When I met him, I mean, I went in and auditioned with James and we just had a ton of fun in the room. Like he was pretending to be a shark. Like he really gets stuck in when he's directing, which I love in a director. And that kind of helped me like see what the film was going to be like and like get a picture of it. Cause you just never know like with a film of this scale with something where you're filming on the ocean, what it's going to be. But James is lovely. And he, he took us into rehearsals really early. So we all knew what we were doing. Like he had a very clear vision of what he wanted and you need that when you're kind of out in the elements out on the ocean you know swimming you need like a solid ground solid director who knows what they're talking about and he absolutely does you know i'm watching shark bait shark bait i'm thinking okay well the location is malta they're out in the ocean but i'm thinking they have to be on some kind of soundstage here please because it just seems can you just talk about how much in shape did everyone have to be, not just you, but the entire crew? What was that challenge? Absolutely. I mean, you know, reading the script, you kind of realize, you, you know, you kind of know what you're getting into, but you don't know until you get there, like, what it's actually going to be like to be in the ocean, like swimming 12 hours a day. I mean, I think when I got the call that I got the job, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm going to have to get in shape. I think I got a personal trainer and was like, I need to get going on this, just not for the visual aspect, but for the actual like fitness and stamina of it, because I knew I was going to be swimming, I was going to be diving, I was going to be doing stunts. It had just been a lockdown, so I definitely hadn't, I wasn't as active as I probably usually would have been. So I was like, okay, I've got to step up my game, get ready for this film, because it was extremely physical and and but fun I, I love that I love transforming myself for a role I mean by the end of shooting I was definitely in the best shape I've ever been in in my life and I wish I could have kept on to that but I think you need to be swimming for like 12 hours 12 hours of the day to like be in that peak kind of physical fitness yeah but we all we all trained really hard and like really went through it with this film my knowledge of Malta is basically 0%. So just from a bird's eye view, may, can you just talk talk about your experience shooting there? Or maybe you weren't able to really get the lay of the land because you, the production itself was kind of breakneck. What kind of experience was it actually shooting in Malta for you? I mean, Malta is such a beautiful country. I'd never been before. I mean, it's it's quite a small country, which is really nice. You can, 
you can kind of see everything. I feel like I know Malta really well and I would always go back there. Like I feel like I have genuine friends there now, which is really nice. And just the coastlines are beautiful and the sea is lovely and it's warm and it's sunny. I mean, the people are lovely. Like the teams that they have out there, like the diving team that we have, DiveMed, are they were amazing, like always taking care of us in the water, always making sure we were safe and comfortable. And then the stunt team, Phantom Stunts, they were like amazing. I mean, you can see the stunt in the trailer where, you know, the the two jet skis crash. I mean, that's them. I got to do some of it. And but I mean, they they definitely made us look really badass, which I'm a, I'm appreciative of. Um, yeah, I, I love Malta. I can't I, I, I would go back in a heartbeat. Speaking of badass, can you talk about that hero shot with you holding the knife? It's seen in the trailer, so it's not much of a spoiler. What was that? What was that like setting up that shot? That's just something that will stick in every cinephile's memory for forever. It's yeah. a great moment. I mean, yeah, I mean, just seeing that shot. I mean, because the shark wasn't obviously there when. I mean, obviously, thankfully, thankfully it wasn't there. Um, but yes, yeah, so even when I saw that shot, I was like, "Whoa, I look." pretty cool because when you're in your own body you don't know you know how you're looking you're like you're kind of just trying you're like doing that um but yeah I definitely you know I wanted to make it look epic I wanted to make sure that she looked like she could take on a shark and that she could go one-on-one because you need to believe it right you need you need to be able to believe that this person is is capable um yeah setting up those kind of shots is kind of hard because you're not stabbing anything but I have a pretty vivid imagination so it wasn't hard also just being in the sea you're very aware of everything that's potentially swimming with you so that also adds to like the genuine kind of fear of filming something like this you know Holly speaking of having a vivid imagination was having that trait was that one of the reasons why you wanted to become an actor when did that start and then as you've matured into this craft and this business is your motivations, how, is, how, how have your motivations changed, I guess, over the years? I'm assuming meeting so many different people must have really enhanced this whole journey for you. I mean, I started really young. I started, I think I was about three or four, and my sister did it before me. So I think initially, I didn't really know about acting. I didn't really know about movie making. You know, when you're three, you don't, you don't know about that kind of stuff. You think it's all real. But I remember seeing her on set, and I think it was a bit like, oh, she's doing that. I, I want to do that. That looks really cool. And then I kind of stopped, I went to school and I remember I got really into films. Like I was watching old classic Hollywood films. I was a little bit in love with Marlon Brando. So I started watching like Tennessee Williams, A Streetcar Named Desire. And through that, watching Vivian Lee's performance and being just like amazed by the whole thing of it. I mean, I, I was, when I was a teenager, I just, I was buying DVDs all the time. I was watching whatever I could. I was watching actors interviews I was just like in love with the whole thing of it and I think there was just one day when I was watching something and I thought I could do that I was watching a scene with with I can't remember what the scene was but I just remember the thought in my brain being like I could do that I want to do that I have to do that and then that sort of took me into my my adult my adulthood as an actor rather than being like a child actor which yeah it's different because I know what I'm. I know more what I'm doing now. Hopefully, I try. I try my best. 
You know, along with trying your best, I love how you're exploring different genres with shark bait. It's an enhanced yeah. genre because none's behind the camera, and I loved it. But can you also talk about just the whole the gaming world? I just saw a recent an yeah. interview you did maybe a couple of years ago. Flavor Works and Erica. It's a little yeah. bit it's cinematic, but it's also gameplay. And I, I I'm going to actually download it after the interview and play it. Oh, please! It's so good. I love I love Erica. I loved working on that. I mean, yeah. this is why I love. Being an actress, the thing, the different things I get to do, like who else gets to go and fly to Malta and pretend that they're fighting a shark? Not, not many people can say that, and not many people can say that they've been in a full motion video game. You know, being this character that people can play, and you know, every time I spoke, I had seven different things to say. It was such a massive acting challenge I mean it was another one that was quite it was quite difficult when we were doing it because it was another one where it was long days because it was I was Erica in Erica and you're playing through me it was a lot of me being on set and uh because it of the type of game it was where you know it's it goes into different scenes depending on what you choose so we had just a bunch of stuff to shoot but I love that challenge I love that of walking onto set and you know not knowing where the day's going to take you you know, and that thing of having seven different things to say and in a every time you speak in a scene that maybe goes in seven different directions that then leads on to multiple different endings is is sort of really intense in itself. But I'm super proud of that game. I, it's one of my favorite things that I've worked on. I loved working with the Flavorworks team. I think they're amazing and I'd love to do more more game stuff. I'm a bit of a gamer myself, so I think that definitely helped helped with with you know, knowing what to do with Erica and sort of like, yeah, the learning process with actually being in a game. This is this is very superficial. I'm an audio guy. So it, does it really yeah. enhance your viewing experience when you see the score of Sharkbait play to, towards the end? I think it's really beautiful. And especially with Erica, you have you have the, the music of Austin there to help guide everything. So I'm sure as an audiophile, you must be really happy with the music for both, I, I'm assuming. I mean, I haven't, I haven't actually seen Shark Fate yet, so I haven't. I mean, I know that they've got amazing music, but I can't wait because music gets me into it. Like even from an acting perspective, if I need to get into a role, you know, I listen to a piece of music, and that will kind of drive my performance. Sometimes, if I need to get into a certain mood, but yeah, with Erica getting Austin on board, Austin Wintry is, oh my god, he's such a talent. I mean, obviously of the legacy journey, you know, he's he's amazing. He's such a nice guy as well, super talented and. We were so lucky to get him on board. Yeah, legend. And I guess a question you've answered 500 times today, but how does one get in shape to be in the water? Obviously, for me to get in shape, I have to stop eating pizza and pasta. But what did you have to do? Was it the treadmill? Was it a lot of cardio action before you actually got prepared, prepped for the production day one? Yeah, I mean, I got the call and I I called up a personal trainer. I was like, "I I need to get in shape for this role. Like, can you help me? And I hadn't really done like weightlifting before or anything like that. So we kind of did a bit of that just to build the muscle because I didn't have a long period of time. It was quite, I think it was only three weeks that I had to get in shape after after a long lockdown of like eating a lot of pizza and Doritos and not really thinking about what, what I looked like because I wasn't leaving leaving the house, which binge watching a lot of TV shows. And then suddenly getting the call like, oh, you're going to Malta, you know, you're going to be in a bikini, but also you need to be like, physically at the peak of your fitness because this is going to be a, a big challenge so yeah I just got really stuck in started lifting weights a little bit beforehand but once we were on set once we were filming I think the swimming sort of took over 
I didn't really have to think about it because when you're swimming 12 hours a day, like you're going to get fit. You're, it's just going to happen. You're, you're going to burn so many calories that, yeah, you, it's, it's just inevitable. I think I was at my peak fitness by the end of, that I've ever been in in my life by the end of filming. Not, not by anything that I specifically did, just from how intense the filming process was. Like lifting six foot coasters onto jet skis, like as I'm, I'm, I'm a tiny little woman. So, I mean, I don't like to say tiny little woman because I'm, I'm strong, but I am five foot. So lifting like my six foot coasters, that's quite hard. So I had to obviously build up some, some kind of guns. I don't, I don't know where they've gone now. They've, they've disappeared magically, but yeah, that I love that though. I mean, I, I felt kind of badass doing it. So yeah, it was a great, great experience to get to kind of train. And I've never really done in a physical type of role before that. I mean, I, I played a synth once, but that wasn't so like fitness physical. That was more like body movement physical. Physical, so that was more choreo- choreography. Yes, yeah, so it was a whole new challenge for me. But so much fun to be able to be able to be able to do to have an excuse to do that. You know, uh, final question. You mentioned Brando and Lee and the Hollywood and oh, yeah. cinema of yes, yesteryear. Can you? Can you uh, name one of your favorite all-time movies for our listeners to, you know, to, for you to recommend to our listeners? And what is it about this film that still resonates with you? Favorite all-time movie? I mean, my favorite film is Chef. I love Chef. I mean, it's not like the most serious, you know, it's not like a Scorsese film or anything, but I just love the lightheartedness of it. I love the relationships that are in that film. And I'm a massive foodie. So anytime there's food in a film and it's shot so beautifully in that film, I just love it. I feel like I can put that film on anytime. I can watch it 10, 12, and I will enjoy it every single time. Do you know what I mean? So that, I think when I can watch a film over and over and over again, those are the films that that are, that really resonate with me. I mean, I, I do love old movies still. I mean, one of my favourite films as well is Some Like at Heart with, with Marilyn Monroe, of course. Um, Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, you know, I think it's got one of my favorite movie uh, moments in a movie ever, which is the end scene. If anyone hasn't seen it, I think I, I think it's been long enough time that I can say it. I think he says nobody's perfect at the end. Yeah. I'm not really spoiling it because of context, but uh, yeah. it's just one of the best ending lines I've ever seen to a film ever. It's so, so clever. Can actors still learn from watching Brando and Lee and? you know, uh, Lemon and, and Tony Curtis and Monroe, or is that a, an acting from, from uh, years gone by? No, absolutely. I think these are guys that they, that was their livelihood. They've, they've honed their craft. These guys were brought up. I mean, I don't know about all of them, but a lot of them are brought up, you know, in the Hollywood system to be these actors. So they, they, these guys know them, their stuff. I mean, Jack Lemon is a fantastic comedian. I mean, that's something that you're naturally, I mean, you can learn, but most people are naturally born with it if they're that funny. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then just Marlon Brando kind of started it all, didn't he, with yeah. Street Freedom Desire. If you watch that film and you see the performances in that film, you could see it in a film today and you would still be like, wow. I mean, Vivian Lee's performance in that film, I think is one of the best performances I've ever seen in a film ever. So she's amazing. <laughs> Holly, thank you. Holly, thank you so much for your time. I've been doing interviews for the past thirty years, and you're one of the biggest cinephiles I've, I've spoken to, with. So, really, no way! Really oh wow, that's a compliment. So. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very uh, much. Take care.